0: Welcome to Mana for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional, which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible, and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning. It is the 12th of February, Saturday. Nice to have you guys with us. We're going to be continuing on this morning in the book of Exodus, chapter 20, the biggie, and chapter 21, as well as Luke 7. But to get us in the right frame of mind, we always like to start with a bad dad joke. Let's see here, what do we have? A couple of cups of yogurt walk into a country club. We don't serve your kind, the bartender says. Why not? One yogurt asks. We're cultured. (laughs) so true a ham sandwich walks into a bar and orders a beer the bartender says sorry we don't serve food here okay (laughs) that one's that was a little weird i guess okay makes sense you're in a bar they don't serve food whatever we better move over into the word this morning so father Guide us and direct us. Thank you for the time that we can come together and enjoy our time and at the same time learn of you and, and receive God the manna that you have for us each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. So, chapter 20, book of Exodus, we're reading the Ten Commandments and I'll be reading out of the New American Standard Bible is what I read out of because it's so close to the original language and the translation. So if you're used to the King James, this may sound a slightly, slightly different, but probably not. Then God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol of any likeness of what is in heaven above or of the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, on the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing loving kindness to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you and your sons and your daughters, your male and female servants, or your cattle or your sojourners who stays with you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. All the people perceived The thunder and lightning flashes and sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, when the people saw it, they trembled and stood at a distance. Then they said to Moses, Speak to us yourself, and we will listen, but let not God speak to us, or we will die. Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid, for God has come in order to test you, and in order that the fear of him might remain in you, so that you may not sin." So the people stood at a distance while Moses approached the thick cloud where God was. And the Lord said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, You yourselves have seen, and I have spoken to you from heaven. You shall not make other gods besides me, gods of silver or gods of gold. You shall not make for yourselves. You shall make an altar of the earth for me, and you shall sacrifice on it your burnt offerings and your peace offerings your sheep and your oxen in every place where I cause my name to be remembered. I will come to you and bless you. If you make an altar of stone for me, you shall not build it of cut stones. For if you wield any tool on it, you will profane it. And you shall not go up by steps to my altar, so that your nakedness will not be exposed on it. Exodus chapter 21. Now these are the ordinances which you are to set before them. If you buy Hebrew slave, he shall serve for six years. But on the seventh, he shall go out as a free man without payment. If he comes alone, he shall go out alone. If he is the husband of a wife, then the wife shall go out with him. If his master gives him a wife and she bears him sons and daughters, the wife and her children shall belong to her master and he shall go out alone. But if the slave plainly says, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go out as a free man. Then his master shall bring him to God. Then he shall bring him to the door or the doorpost. And his master shall pierce his ear with an awl. And he shall serve him permanently. If a man sells his daughter as a female slave, she is not to go free as the male slaves do. If she is displeasing in the eyes of her master who designated her for himself, then he shall let her be redeemed. He does not have the authority to sell her to a foreign people because of his unfairness to her. If he designates her for his son, he shall deal with her according to the custom of daughters. If he takes to himself another woman, he may not reduce her food her clothing, or her conjugal rights. If he will not do these things for her, then she shall go out for nothing without payment or money. Verse 12. He who strikes a man so that he dies shall surely be put to death. But if he did not lie in wait for him, but God let him fall into his hand, then I will appoint you a place to which you may flee. If, however, a man acts presumptuously towards his neighbor... So as to kill him craftily, you are to take him, even from my altar, that he may die. He who strikes his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. He who kidnaps a man, whether he sells him or he is found in his possession, shall surely be put to death. He who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. If men have a quarrel and one strikes the other with a stone or with his fist, And if he does not die but remains in bed, if he gets up and walks around outside on his staff, then he who struck him shall go unpunished. He shall only pay for his loss of time and shall take care of him until he is completely healed. If a man strikes a male or female slave with a rod and he dies at his hand, he shall be punished. If, however, he survives a day or two, no vengeance shall be taken for he is his property. If men struggle with each other and strike a woman with child so that she gives birth prematurely, let there be no injury. He shall surely be fined as the woman's husband may demand of him, and he shall pay as the judges decide. Verse 23. But if there is any injury, then you shall appoint as a penalty life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, bruise for bruise. If a man strikes the eye of his male or female slave and destroys it, he shall let him go free on account of his eye. And if he knocks out a tooth of his male or female slave, he shall let him go free on account of his tooth. If an ox gores a man or a woman to death, the ox shall surely be stoned, and its flesh shall not be eaten, but the owner of the ox shall go unpunished. If, however, an ox was previously in the habit of goring, and its owner has been warned, yet he does not confine it, and it kills a man or a woman, the ox shall be stoned, and the owner shall be put to death. If a ransom is demanded of him, then he shall give... For the ransom of his life, whatever is demanded of him. Whether it gores a son or a daughter, it shall be done to him according to the same rule. If the ox gores a male or a female slave, the owner shall give his or her master thirty shekels of silver, and the ox shall be stoned. If a man opens a pit, or digs a pit, and does not cover it over, and an ox or donkey falls in it, the owner of the pit shall make restitution. He shall give money to its owner, and the dead animal shall become his. If one man's ox hurts another so that it dies, then they shall sell the live ox and divide its price equally, and also they shall divide the dead ox. Or if it is known that the ox was previously in the habit of goring, yet its owner was not confined, he shall surely pay for the ox, and the dead animal shall become his. So as we just went through and finished 2021, looking at the Ten Commandments, phenomenal chapter because you see God is speaking directly to the people. This is how he introduces himself, with fire and lightning and trumpets. And then He they're prepared. They come before the Lord, and they hear his voice thundering from the mountaintop, the fiery mountaintop, fire being a symbol of his judgment. And they could hear him say these things. I shall have no other god before me, and and just on and on, and it would be it would have been deafening. It that they would have rumbled within their chest. It was so frightening. they tell Moses after he's done. He says, "Please, Moses, don't let us hear God speak to us again. You go talk to him, because we can't stand it. It's overwhelming." So again, this is the way God introduces Himself. They get the understanding He is real. He speaks. This is the God who speaks to His people, and they can see His presence of, a, of the glory up on the mountain, the mountain that burns with fire and yet not is consumed. Is not consumed, and Moses can go up in its midst, and their fellowship with God. So, the commands now are given. What are they for? They are given as a guide and a help to help these people, and we still are helped by them. They are still in effect, but not unto salvation. We still understand there's a moral code to live by. And really, the world, even the false religions, if they stop and think about it, the majority of all of cultures and religions incorporate these. Don't kill. Uh, don't steal. Don't steal your neighbor's wife. Don't even coveting. Um, there is a degree. Now, the whole thing is thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's the one they tend to ignore, the polytheist societies and different things. And that, of course, the keeping the Sabbath holy, that's a big one in Judaism. And it confuses a lot of Christians. And I said this the other day, we do keep it holy. And we do set it apart. Now, ours is as under Christ. Jesus taught us what the Sabbath was meant for man, not man for the Sabbath. And Jesus gave the believer the right to celebrate him each and every day, that he is our Sabbath rest. So don't get hung up on the day Saturday. Study Galatians. Look at this for yourself, and you'll get the understanding. But by the way, that was the only command that Jesus never mentioned specifically in the New Testament. He talked about all the others. He talked about keeping the the, the others that you're not you're not to commit adultery. You're not to um, take the nor- name of your Lord in vain. He 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 reiterated all of them. What he did with the Sabbath, he didn't reiterate as command. He expounded it and said, I am your Sabbath rest. And now he gave them freedom to then rest in Christ. So these commands are super important. And uh, we should reflect on them. And we should understand that they're still true. And if you're coveting and you're stealing these things, God will judge. Again, they're not under salvation. They're under rewards. Our salvation is in Christ alone, through faith alone. So there, there lies in the difference. Luke 7. When he completed all his discourse in the hearing of the people, he went to Capernaum. And a centurion slave, who was highly regarded by him, was sick and about to die. When he heard about Jesus, he sent some Jewish elders asking him to come and save the life of his slave. And when they came to Jesus, they earnestly implored him, saying, He is worthy for you to grant this to him, for he loves our nation, and it was he who built our synagogue. So Jesus started on the way with them. And when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself further." For I am not worthy for you to come to my roof. For this reason I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But just say the word, and my servant shall be healed. For I also am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, Go, and he goes, and to another, Come, and he comes. And to my slave, Do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he marveled at him and turned aside to the crowd that were following him. I say to you, not even in Israel have I found such great faith. When those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the slave in good health. So afterwards he went away to the city called Nain, and his disciples were going along with him, accompanied by a large crowd. Now as he approached the gate of the city, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of a mother, and she was a widow. And a sizable crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he felt compassion for her and said to her, Do not weep. For he came up and touched the coffin, and the bears came to a halt. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. Fear gripped all of them, and they began glorifying God, saying, A great prophet has arisen among us and God has visited his people. This report concerning him went out over all Judea and in all the surrounding district. Verse 18, the disciples of John reported him about all these things. Summoning two of his disciples, John sent them to the Lord saying, Are you the expected one, or do we look for someone else? When Jesus came to him, he said, John the Baptist has sent us to you to ask, Are you the expected one, or do we look for someone else? At the very time he cured many people of diseases and afflictions and evil spirits, and gave sight to many who were blind. And he answered and said to them, Go and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up. The poor have the gospel preached to them. Blessed is he who does not take offense at me. When the messengers of John had left, he began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? I read, shaken by the wind. But what did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Those who are splendidly clothed and live in luxury are found in royal palaces. But what did you go out to see? A prophet. Yes, and I say to you, one who is more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. Behold, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. I say to you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John. Yet he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. When all the people and the tax collectors heard this, they acknowledged God's justice, having been baptized with the baptism of John the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected God's purpose for themselves, not having been baptized by John. To what then shall I compare the men of this generation, and what are they like? They are like children who sit in the marketplace and call to one another, and they say, we played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not weep. For John the Baptist has come eating no bread and drinking no wine, And you say he has a demon. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking. And you say, Behold, a gluttonous man and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by all her children. Now one of the Pharisees was requesting him to dine with him, and he entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And there was a woman in the city who was a sinner. And when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, She brought an alabaster vial of perfume, and standing behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with tears, and kept wiping them with the hair of her head, and kissing his feet, and anointing them with perfume. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of person this woman is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. Verse 40. And Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he replied, Say it, teacher. A moneylender had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they were unable to repay, he graciously forgave them both. So which of them will love him more? Simon replied and said, I suppose the one to whom he forgave more. And he said to him, You have judged correctly. Turn it around. Towards the woman he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house, and you gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but she, since the time that I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with perfume. For this reason I say to you, Her sins, which are many, have been forgiven. For she loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. Then he said to her, Your sins have been forgiven. Those who were reclining at the table with him began to say to themselves, Who is this man who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. In Luke 7, we see this healing of the centurion's servant. And this is a really important story and, and, and compelling because here is a Gentile, a Gentile and a Roman Gentile. The Romans were the occupiers and the Jews are supposed to hate the Romans. But this one, this one centurion loved Yahweh. He helped them help pay for their synagogue. These, these Jewish leaders loved this guy because he was faithful to Yahweh. So you can see there were some interesting relationships back there. His servant becomes sick. He goes to Jesus, and he says, look, Jesus, I know, basically, I've heard of you. I know that you heal the sick. I know that you've come from God. So just say the word. Um, You know, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof uh, that famous saying, I'm a, I'm a man under authority like you are, just say the word and I know he'll be healed. And Jesus marvels, saying he's not found faith. In, like this in all re- Israel, here with a Gentile that was not supposed to have this level of relationship with God, this intimacy with God, that was something that was supposed to be uh, native to the Jews. But here he has this. Why? Because he's not bound up with the ritualism, not bound up with the traditions. And I should say the pride. He, under, he, he only had come to know this God as being a good God. Probably a lot had to do with those commands. That it was wrong to covet, to steal, to kill. And so he says, I believe in you. You, you say these things. You teach these things. He could sense he was from God. So he says, just say the word I know he'll be healed. Wow. And of course... He is healed. And so he found his slave in good health. And then, of course, Jesus goes back and heals again. He went to the widow of Nain. And um, and they're raised. uh, He heals the the servant, but he raises the dead, uh, again, of this widow's son, which is now the Jews are um, being confounded because they know that only God has the power to bring one to life. And they have to deal with this. How can this man bring back to life the dead? And so he again is pro- proclaiming his deity. And of course, then we have some disputes with John. So people are still trying to figure out who he is. Um, if he's from God or not. Of course, raising the dead was, that was great proof. That was the proof. And and so he's trying to get the understanding so that there would be no doubt as to who he is and so that, that and then we have some parables given in there as well so these things are always to encourage us and keep us moving forward to understand that jesus is the, the not only the law giver he is the law completer and he is the one who heals and brings to whole and gives new life and we are to be like that centurion just say lord speak the word i'm your servant and I will trust it will be done in for me in you. So thank you, Father, for this morning and bringing us into your presence. We are joy-filled to know that we can come together and, and read your word and hear it and be encouraged. God, continue to help us to walk the faith of this centurion. And know that we we don't have to see you to see these things accomplished. We don't have to see you come directly into the place where we know we have someone we're praying for that needs to be healed. We know you can heal them right now, wherever they are. So we thank you for that, God, and ask you to continue to do that. And in that, Father, we do pray for the sick. We do pray for those that need your touch and ask you to heal them. Thank you for those that have just gotten over COVID and are feeling much better, but we have our brothers and sisters dealing with their their treatments uh, and recovering from surgery. So we do ask you, touch them specifically, God, and heal their bodies to bring them back into wholeness. And we do pray for what everything is going to happen on Sunday, God, that you bless the services, service here in Vallarta, and also in wh- whatever city, whatever you, uh, my brothers and sisters are listening from, that they would be involved in a church that's on fire for you and loves you and preaches and teaches your word, and that you would bless their services and bring in the lost sheep so that they may come to know you and hear your voice and follow you. So thank you, God, for this beautiful day. In Jesus' name, amen.